morning. How y'all doing? It's a great day in Jesus Christ. If you're not in Jesus Christ, it could be that you're not born again. Being born again is an act of faith. It's a free gift to all of us who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a something that you have to mentally work towards. It's not a physical action or a work that you have to do to gain acceptance by God. It's uh, nothing that you have to pay. It's a free gift. And uh, you just re you pray and, uh, and receive Christ by faith. And uh, sometimes people don't get it. And so they try to get saved by quoting some kind of a verse, some kind of a prayer, or repeating after somebody says, repeat this after me. Um, but it's a cry from your heart. It's a cry from your heart. And oftentimes, a cry from the heart comes when you, you there's no other options. A lot of people turn to God when they're at their last, uh, last go around, the last chip, the last dollar, the last of everything. If this doesn't work, I'm dead, kind of like, you know, the last thing, the last straw, they turn to God. Uh, and But that's kind of how it is. That's why the Bible calls uh, crying out to God or calling out to God, to cry out to the Lord. And uh, we confess with our mouth, Jesus, save me, something like that. I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. That's what my words, does. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, just what I pray. But that's what came out of my mouth. But that was not in my heart. My heart was, was, was uh, desiring uh, God, uh, Jesus Christ, in me. And uh, I believed it. I, I, for some reason, I just believed that, that uh, uh, I just believed. I don't know. It's hard to explain it, actually. But uh, I, I just prayed in my bunk, and I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And uh, I had a miracle that took place. I'm not going to go into that. So it is truly an act of faith. And faith, you can't see it. Uh, it's hard to describe sometimes. But, you know, it's kind of like, do you believe that uh, you're married if you're married? Uh, do you believe you're a single person if you're single? I mean, how do you know that? I mean, you know, uh, do you believe, how do you know when you're hungry? You know, uh, does, uh, uh, you know, how do you know when you're hungry? How do you know when you're thirsty? How do you know when you're supposed to go to the restroom? You know, I mean, you just know inside of you. You know, how do you know when you fall in love with somebody and to get married? You, you know, it's, it's, it happens inside of us, deep inside of us, our gut level, our spirit. And uh, it's not up here. See, that's the problem. If you get married in this part of your body, the top part of your, your head, you get married with your head, uh, you're going to end up in divorce. It's going to be a horrible marriage. And uh, But if you get married, from here down, the heart, the gut, you know, you get married in the core, the center of your being, the, your spirit, then the marriage has a great chance of lasting. Uh, if you stay there, and if, but if you don't stay there and move up into your brain and start trying to make your marriage work by your brain, it usually end up in divorce. Same way with our relationship with Christ. We start off in our spirit and then through deception, normally it happens through deception of some sort, and we never know we're deceived. It just it seems normal and natural, and that's what dece a good deception is. It seems natural. That's what it seems. Seems normal. If it feels good, do it. 
you know, that's kind of thing. That's deception. And so your relationship with Jesus, once you receive Christ, you move up in your brain and you try to serve God uh, by your brain. And uh, that's like your flesh. And you can't serve God with your flesh, period. You know, it just doesn't work at all in any way, shape, or form. And uh, so, I mean, you just have to go with it, you know. And, uh, uh, amen, let's pray. So Lord, uh, I know a lot of people are reaching out to you. I just, I can just sense it in my spirit. There's a lot of people curious and wondering about you. Uh, and I, I sense also, Lord, that many just don't know how to get to you. And uh, I think that's a lot of what the world is going through right now. It's so dark that people are struggling in the darkness. And so uh, uh, I'm just gonna say, Lord, what I hear you saying, that is stop moving and right where you're standing cry out to God that's what I did Lord that's how you told me I went and laid down on my bed and I prayed in bed I stopped moving I stopped walking I stopped moving around my ship and I just laid down in the rack in the bunk and uh, for some reason that stopping gave me a little few moments a few seconds or whatever to cry out to you to believe on you Lord Jesus and so I just encourage anyone who's listening to me pray that uh, they do the same thing they stop moving wherever they've stopped uh, pray there and ask Jesus to uh, save you oh, I thank you Lord Jesus for saving those people right now in your name Jesus we pray amen and amen if you've received Jesus Christ just now uh, what I suggest you do is to get into the Bible. Right now, I mean, it, it'd be best if you get the King James, but it, you just grab whatever Bible's nearby, I, I suppose. And uh, uh, go to John 3, John, chapter John, John, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so that's right in the beginning. So if you got a, a whole Bible like this instead of a New Testament, you kind of want to go about a third of the way in and kind of open it up and see that's Matthew. So that's this part here is like the New Testament. And you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So that's the Gospels we talk about a lot. You go to John, and then uh, once you find the book of John, uh, then you want to go to number three. That's chapter three. And then you, what I'm doing is I'm taking you to one single verse. This one single verse is the most famous verse in the entire world. Uh, more people have talked about this one verse than anything else. And I think it's a good idea to start with the most famous verse. So then when you talk to people, everybody knows what you're talking about because everybody pretty much knows uh, verse 16. Verse 16 says here in the King James, For God so loved the world. Yeah, remember that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16, the most famous verse in the world. That verse has been translated into more languages than any other of the 31,000 verses in the Bible. That one verse. So that's, and don't read it, just read that right now, right there, uh, several times, you know, maybe a dozen times, and just read it slowly. Read it fast, read it slow, read it medium. Just really get it in your, inside of you. I mean, think, for God so loved the world. And when you hear the world, think about you. Put your name, for God so loved John that he gave 
his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. You know, it kind of, so molded around quite a long time. I'm sorry, I'm, it's so noisy because I'm right by the intersection. It's a very busy street here, so I apologize for that. But uh, there's nothing I can do about that. It's noisy. And uh, really think about that verse. And uh, even if you've uh, been saved for a while, I mean, go back to the John 3:16. So that's kind of like a seed that you can sow. All right, you want to sow a seed. And Jesus said, the word of God is likened to a seed that a man sows. So you can, as a man, you can sow man, mankind, male and female, and sow that seed in your spirit. And that seed will take root and grow. And then what I tell people is, once you really got that verse down, and really, I mean, you got it. You it just, you got it. Then go to the verses above it and the verses below it. There's about, uh, I think you go all the way back up to verse, you know, all the ones around it. And you want to kind of then, after you read all the verses above it and the verses below it, kind of get the idea, the context. Then you want to go back to the first uh, verse in number three, chapter three, and read down through there, including that seed verse, down to, you know, maybe 17 or so, 21. I got Mark 21, Mark. So you read these 21 verses. And, uh, and then stop right there. Make that your study for a little while, for a few days or maybe a week. Just stay right there. You know, go to the John 3.16, then the verses above it, the verses below it. That's John 3.16 is number one. Number two, the verses around it. And then number three, all 21 verses here. And just stay right there. Don't just keep reading and reading and reading and reading and reading like a book. Uh, look at it as a, uh, a legal document. And you want to read these sections of the legal document. You just can't read the whole thing. It won't make any sense to you. It'll be all you know, garbly goop, it'll just, it'll just, won't make any sense. But you just read it over and over and you get the idea of what Jesus is saying and who he's talking to. And uh, you get the story, you get the feeling of the story, you get the sense of the story, you get the gist of the story, you get the spirit of the story. You take the whole fruit, the whole tree of the story, I guess you could say. And then once you've got that, and it's different for everybody, but uh, in other words, spend enough time where you know for a fact, you know that you know that you know, you've got this. I know those 21 verses in chapter three of the book of John, I got it. And you can talk it, you can share it, that kind of thing. Once you got to that point, then what you wanna do is uh, uh, go to the chapter one of this book of John. Turn back a couple of a couple chapters, see, in uh, the book of John. And start at number one, verse one, and read the whole book. Slowly, deliberately, you know, really think about what you're reading. And remember, you're not reading it like a mystery book or some comic book. You're reading it with the intent to understand, with the intent to understand. And it's best that before you start reading, you ask the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. God is a spirit, so you ask the Spirit of God to help you to get it, to understand it, to read it, to really get it in your mind. And I'm hoping that by this time, you've found a King James Bible. That's the best one to be in, to really to grow up in the King James. You'll have your best foundation in the King James. Uh, you won't have to fix your foundation later on, uh, even though foundation is Jesus Christ, but that poor portion that you build upon that rock uh, is the Word of God, and it's uh, 
it's best to be in the King James Bible. And don't listen to what people say. Uh, just forget them. Just listen to your heart, right? Then after you read the book of John, then the very next book after that is the book of Acts. And that's the beginning to the church right here. Uh, this is, talks about all the, 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 how the Christian church got started. And I'm not talking about some denomination. I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ. Not some church, some organization, none of that stuff. I'm just talking about uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. After you've read all through the book of Acts, then the very next book after that is the book of Romans. All right, the book of Romans here. And uh, there's 28 chapters in uh, Acts. Go through those. And here's Romans. There's, I think there's 16 verses, 16 chapters in Romans, I think. I might be wrong. And then uh, read the book of Romans. So you've got those three books, John, Acts, and Romans. They're all together. And once you've read those three books, go back and read them again, and maybe read them again, and maybe read them again. Get those three books down like you got the verse, John 3, 16, down, and those 21 verses in chapter 3. You got that down. And now you read those three books, John, Acts, and Romans. And when you got that down, you really have a pretty solid foundation, especially, especially, and preferably, you read it from this book, the King James Bible. Okay. And uh, that'll give you a good solid beginning to your walk in Christ. And if you've been away for a while, do the, what I just said. Uh, if you want to kind of restart your life again in Christ, go back and do what I just said. And uh, uh, we all go back to the beginning point. The beginning point is we repent. We turn from the world to Jesus. And we believe on Jesus. We confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. And we receive Jesus into our heart by faith. And the Bible says that now we have been justified. So the just, the justified, uh, the justified shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So it's all an act of faith, okay? Sorry, it's so noisy, it's just a busy intersection. So let's pray one more time. So Lord, I thank you that we could talk about the beginning stages of being a believer in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that people get the idea of what I just shared. And I just praise you, Lord, for what you're doing. And um, man, is it noisy out here, Lord. People just, uh, anyways, help me, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll put my earplugs in once I get finished here. But, uh, just, you know. Okay, so we're going to go into our Sunday letter here, and it, this is uh, part three, Tuesday, Acts 17, 10 through 13. Acts 17, uh, 10 through 13. This is what we're going to preach on. And uh, is a very noisy place. A lot of times the reason it's noisy is because of all the mountains. We're in a big valley. We're in a valley here. You come over the valley from Denver, and you drop into this valley. And then you got these rocks here, and it creates kind of an echoing effect. And, it be, and plus, there's such a concentration here in the city of Boulder. And during the daytime, uh, just thousands and thousands and thousands of people come to Boulder to work, to work. Their job is here, but the bulk of people who work here cannot live in Boulder. 
because of the astronomically stupid rent that uh, landlords charge here in the city. So once they're done working, they all have this max mass exodus of thousands and thousands of people all leave Boulder. And around six o'clock, seven o'clock, it becomes a nice, quiet, peaceful town <laughs> until the CU game starts <laughs> at eight o'clock. And it goes wild all over again with all the CU students. <laughs> football is pretty exciting, I guess, this year. I don't watch football, so uh, I have to find out secondhand and uh, find out what's going on up there. But uh, <laughs> I tell you, when 10,000 students are hollering at the top of their lungs from the Folsom Stadium, all of Boulder can hear it. I know I can hear it from my window, and that's why I shut the window. <laughs> I still hear it. <laughs> All right. All right, chapter 17. <laughs> I hit this bush right beside me, and it gave off some kind of a scent, a kind of a nice aroma. That's kind of cool. I don't know what it is, but uh, it smells kind of nice. I just hit it with my hand by accident. All right, verse 10, Acts 17. <clears throat> and the brother, I'll read it all the way down through here. Uh, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed, also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. All right, we'll stop there. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us the word of truth. Amen? All right, so uh, let's go back up into 10 and talk about this and see what we can do here. Uh, verse 10, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas. Okay, Paul and Silas were the ones who were in prison, and you know, lots of things happened. Remember, the, I'm just pulling out this portion today, uh, which went with yesterday's portion, uh, which was Monday, and then Sunday's portion, and uh, this will go with tomorrow's portion and Friday's portion, Thursday's, you know, Thursday and Friday. So we have seven portions, or seven parts to our letter, all through chapter 17. So it's not that, uh, so if you just watch one video here, one sermon, uh, you may think, well, John takes his teaching out of context. Well, I'm not taking it out of context. What is happening is you're taking it out of context by only listening to one portion or one piece of the sermon. And uh, what I try to do or attempt to do by the Spirit is give a full message, a full counsel, all the counsel of the Lord with lots of different elements and facets to the message that can touch people in all phases of their life, in all facets of their life. And uh, uh, I don't know when those are going to come. I, I attempt to be moved by the Spirit of God, not by my head. I'm, my spirit is moving. And so, uh, and that, that's what I said. The reason I said what I just said is because in my spirit, I sensed people were saying that. See, so I'm speaking that out, uh, even because I heard it. I heard it in the distance, so I'm speaking that way. You see, that's kind of how it works. And that's Bible, okay? It's a prophetic word. All right. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea. So by night, 
So it must have been, uh, so they must have really been uh, 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 some very uh, bad people must have Paul and Silas on their hit list. I mean, they were watching for Paul, watching for Silas, and uh, they kind of, people kind of watch for me sometimes uh, because everywhere I go, uh, uh, things happen, okay? But anyways, so Paul and Silas were sent out by, the, by night in the darkness of the night, and they were sent to Berea. That's interesting. So we have to thank that the Holy Ghost had them do that. I, don't, I can't see that. Uh, Paul never really operated uh, by uh, his own mental uh, thinking, his own mental planning. He was moved by the Spirit of God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll be able to speak with another language, a new language. And that new language will give you direction because you'll be able to interpret that. And that interpretation will help guide you because you'll be speaking the pure word of God. Okay. And who come thither went into the synagogue. So when they came near into, into Berea, coming into the synagogue of the Jews, so that's where they went. Why did they go to the synagogue of the Jews? Because as you found out, that was his manner. Paul's mannerism, the way he did things, was he would go into the city, he would find the, uh, the synagogue, and that's where he would go. And that's where he began his preaching. Sometimes he, after that, he would go out in the street, he would go out in the marketplace, sometimes he'd go out in the concourse, sometimes he'd go by the river, sometimes he'd go by the lake. But generally speaking, if you read and watch Paul's journey, his manner was first to go to the synagogue, right? And that's what he did here, synagogue of the Jews. That's where he started from. That's where he started. So you can see that he was training other preachers and ministers the same thing. You start with there, and you branch out from there. Kind of like in our church, we start uh, in a, a section of scripture that is for our church. Like this week, or for example, for today, our whole church, for those who are doing it, I realize that maybe nobody is doing it but me, but I'm speaking forth that which I want, which I desire. I speak the word of faith, you know, because that's what I see, so I'm speaking it into, you know, I just, I understand people don't understand that, but, uh, uh, I understand also that I'm speaking uh, in a future tense, all right, future tense, meaning that there'll be people watching this that might watch it two years from now. And in two years, we may have 100 people. I don't know. Or maybe another one or two more people. I don't know. And by that time, maybe in a year or two, there'll be more people doing what I'm doing. See, so I'm just speaking by the words of faith. Faith is something you can't see, but it's a con it's a, an assurance in our heart. We know that this is going to happen, so we walk by faith, not by sight. See, a lot of people don't get that, and they come down on that, and they reject that teaching out of the Word of God, because Satan took that and perverted the Word of Faith, which made the Word of Faith movement, you know, the name and acclaim it movement, that type thing, and they perverted it. So now, uh, because Satan allowed that to happen in the body of Christ, that was like a cancer, and now nobody wants to get close to that. Even though Paul said, we preach the word of faith. <laughs> but uh, they don't even want to say those words. They don't want to say the word of faith. Oh man, it's going to start raining now. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Great weather in Boulder. All right, went into the synagogue of Jews. Verse 11, these were more noble. These were more noble. I really like that. I saw that in uh, the class today, and that's what I wrote down in my true study book. Uh, these were more noble. I wrote down 11. Uh, I just made sense to me. So I looked up in the, my concordance 
uh, all the verses that had the word noble, noblemen, and they were more, you know, and there were about, I think, if I remember right, 33 in the Old Testament and seven in the New. And I may be off right there, I'm not sure, but I looked, I read all of them, and uh, it kind of gave me a full understanding of the word noble. And the one word that came to me that kind of gave you a, me a better understanding of the word noble, N-O-B-L-E, was a prince. Yeah, a prince. Uh, not a king, uh, not a queen, but a prince or a princess. Prince. And I thought that was kind of neat. So you can, I mean, and you're not a servant, but you're a prince. You have royalty within you, I guess you could say. Royalty for us would be the kingship of Jesus Christ because we're under his kingship. Jesus Christ is our king. And uh, so noble could mean prince. All right. Oh, I hit that again. It had a nice smell again. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm going to be standing out there by my cones. Uh, that's where I'll be flying my banner. My banner's right here on the grass right beside me. But I don't like it laying out there. And then once I put all this away, I'll stand out there right on the curve with uh, Highway 93 looking at me. So uh, this is Highway 93, it's northbound. Uh, Golden is about 45 minutes to an hour that way by bus. And uh, so this is Highway 93 or Broadway. And this is Table Mesa, which goes all the way out, way out there, okay? And I'm also there too. Okay, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. That's interesting. In that they received the word, okay? So it kind of tells you that uh, the people in Thessalonica didn't receive the word. But these people did receive the word, uh, and they received it with all readiness of mind. Their mind was prepared. Now, how did they get their mind ready? See, you got to think about that. How do you get your mind ready to receive the word of God? Why does it sometimes you preach the word of God to a believer and it just goes right over their head or it bounces off them or it makes no sense whatsoever and they look at you kind of dumbfounded like, what? This is because they don't have a readiness of mind. And he's going to tell you, how do you get a readiness of mind? Right here, the next verse tells you how to have a readiness of mind. Right? Readiness of mind. Right? And that should take you back to the verse that says to renew our mind, to be ready. Yeah, anyway, readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily. Right there, that's how you get a readiness of mind. You search the scriptures daily. When you're in the scriptures daily, it develops an open mind to the Word of God. Also develops thoughts of the Word of God. It also develops words that come out of your mouth that are in the Word of God. And as you meditate, you mull it around and ponder the scriptures, it actually renews your spirit, it refreshes your spirit. And you walk in a fresh word all the time. And you're always being refreshed and always being renewed. And it's just a wonderful way to live. You don't become dead, you don't become uh, uh, stale and dying and all that kind of stuff. See, that's what happens. When you don't search the scriptures daily, you will not have a readiness of mind, and then your mind becomes empty, you become, mind becomes uh, uh, idle, idle, and an idle mind looks for things to fill it with, and before you know it, you're watching Star Wars. Now, or you're watching some ungodly other movie, or you may be watching Harry Potter movies, or something like that. And uh, you're filling your mind now with witchcraft, because it's, quote, entertainment. 
not entertainment. If you want to call playing with the devil entertainment, well, you're going to pay a price. You're going to pay a price. You're going to pay a price. And that price, if you don't pay it right away, and that seed germinates and grows into a great big problem, then that you're going to have to deal with a great big problem. Sorry, it's so noisy. It's just I'm out here on the street. It wears me out, too. <laughs> I mean, I get so tired of the noise. It's the noise that gets me tired a lot because I'm a very quiet person. Oh, man. I'm a, I'm a quiet person. Uh, when I'm in my truck, I always I had earplugs in my truck and I always had it nice and quiet. It just was a very quiet rig. All my life, I've just been—I just made sure my rig was very quiet, and uh, all I had playing was the Word of God. If the Word of God wasn't playing, there's some very beautiful music was playing to keep me quiet and peaceful in the cab of my rig, and that's what I do at home. I don't play music at home, but uh, my home is very quiet also. And so this is a real chore for me. So a lot of people don't realize what people go through. That's, so they criticize you, but they don't live in your boots. They don't live out here. Nobody's out here with me. Nobody. You know? So they criticize you and they put you down or stuff, but they don't they're not out here. They don't sense the hardship of all this noise that's just rattling my brain. I just want to leave right now because of all the noise. And uh, it's just uh, gets to me. I'm just being honest with you, being transparent, open. It gets to me. Calming down, I gotta calm down. Sorry, I mean, the camera's on, and I'm not gonna cut this out because the Holy Spirit said once you turn the camera on, you leave everything on, leave everything on it. Because I want people to see your problems and your struggles and situations that go on. And of course, I knew that once people see my problems of maybe misspeaking something or saying something incorrectly or, you know, things like that. I'm talking on my feet, thinking on my feet, in a noisy environment that bothers me a lot, in usually bad weather, and I'm talking to a camera and everybody looks at me kind of stupid. And uh, so it's easy for me to get frustrated. It's just, uh, and so people judge you. And the Holy Spirit wants me to keep all that on there, to show people an example. Now, you can take it however you want. You can say, well, man, I'm not gonna do that how John's doing that. Or you can say, hey, that's, we gotta pray for John. Uh, we gotta make sure he, you know, whatever. Or, or say, you know, I like that and I like that, but I don't like everything else. I don't know. But there's a reason why the Holy Spirit had it. Now, for me personally, the uh, reason I'm talking about this, editing the video out, is because uh, I would see videos of preachers and ministers and all kinds of videos, actually, and uh, I would look at them, and to me, looking at the show, they seemed perfect. I said, man, there's no way I can talk that way. I mean, no ums, no ahs, no uh, wondering, no scratching of the head, no problems. And I thought, man, I don't see how those guys do it. And that's what stopped me from turning the camera on for just about all my life. I've tried it off and on, but I just gave up because I can't be that way. Until I found out, just a few years ago, actually, just, just, just when I started doing this, learning how to edit movies, uh, I found out 
that people cut all this stuff out. They can actually slice it out of the video. And I go, wow, that's how it happens. Now that seems stupid to most people, but that's where I was. I was stupid. I had no idea how to edit. I didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know it. I didn't know. And so, but so the, that's that's how people, when they only show a 10-minute section, you only show the you only see the good part. So you only see 10 minutes of the good part. You don't see all the problems and the falling down and all the other situations or the stuff. You know, you see 10 minutes or 20 minutes of just the good stuff. And you think, man, I can't do that. I can't preach that way. I can't minister that way. And that's why our, my videos are so long. One of the reasons. So I'll just give you another example there for somebody who might be brand new here. And that's why I get ridiculed. I get criticized. I get put down. I get told all kinds of nasty stuff behind the scenes because that's what they see. And I don't match up with anybody that's perfect. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, uh, I just don't. <clears throat> Love it. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of word with all readiness of mind. Now you know what that means. Readiness of mind means they searched the scriptures daily. Whether those things were so. They were, they were in the habit of searching the scriptures. They had a ready mind. They were able to see the word. When they received the word, they went back into the scripture because that was their manner of living. They went to the Bible. That's why I say, where is that in the Bible? That goes right here. That's the Bible verse. Search the scriptures daily. Where is that in the scriptures? Where is that in the scriptures? Right? You always ask yourself, where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the scriptures? However you want to say that. I ask, where is that in the Bible? I just like that. All right, verse 12. Therefore, many of them, many of them, many of these people in Berea, many of the noble, uh, more noble, uh, many of them, believed. Now, why did they believe? Is it because they uh, thought Paul was really smart and uh, really uh, powerful and uh, they wanted something new? No, uh, they searched the scriptures, the word of God. And when you search the word of God, it grows your faith. That's why I, I, I usually say there's three steps to getting born again. I, There's three steps to being born again. Uh, number one is be praying for, for let's say, from my, I'll take myself. So I had people praying for me. I had six guys on board my name ship praying for me. I didn't want them to pray for me, but they prayed for me anyways. Because they obeyed the scripture. They prayed for me for like a year and a half, something like that. And uh, see, something like that. I don't know if it was six months or 12 months, but people say, oh, you lied there, John. <laughs> Give me a break, man. I mean, it's 50 years ago. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I had six guys praying for me. What I thought, what seems like, what possibly, my opinion is, 18 months. Thereabouts. Something like that. Give or take 18 months. Whatever. They prayed one day. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sick of this. <laughs> get weary of people that badger me. I had too many this week. <laughs> anyways, it's just getting started. And then, that was number one. The number two, uh, I met Fred at my battle stations. I was in Vietnam, so we went to battle stations. And uh, 
and happened to be one of those six guys uh, were reading his Bible at my uh, battle station where I was, that's where I signed to be. And so he let me read the Bible. So I read the Bible, first time in my entire life I read the Bible. Uh, I read a Catholic Bible, but just, just enough to pass the test in catechism. And uh, never remembered anything, didn't know anything about, it just mean nothing, meant nothing to me. I didn't want to be a Christian, because I just hated it. And, uh, but I read the Bible, and uh, I don't know what I read. I just read, the, you know, Holy Bible printed by, uh, copyright, uh, uh, the town. Uh, I just read every word. I read the contents. I, I, I read everything until I got to Genesis 1-1, and I just kept reading, and I read for five hours at Battle Station. Nonstop. I didn't stop reading for five hours. That was the fastest, one of the fastest five hours at Battle Stations I've ever been. And so I, you know, and then that's number two. So I had people praying for me. Number two, I read the Bible. And then number three, I went in my bunk, lay down, and I prayed. And I received Christ. You see that? That's kind of how it works. That's why I tell people, be praying for those who are not saved. Because you're preparing the way of the Lord. And then the word comes to them. Try to get a, a track to them, a gospel track with Bible verses, or a Bible to them, or something like that. Be praying that the Word of God comes to them, and then they'll have enough faith to pray. You know, because the Word of God builds our faith. And faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and you want to get the Word of God, stir up your faith, and then you can pray with faith and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see how all that kind of fits together? It's, uh, oh, here we go again. Now we got street sweeping. Oh, man, what a day. <laughs> so now he's going to sit there. Oh man, you know how many times the street sweeper goes by me? Like zero. <laughs> you know, well, you know, that's life on the street, man. I mean, you just have to go deal with all the problems. That's why I like the camera being on, you know. Thank God nobody's yelling at me today. Not yet, at least. They will later. if they're... I'm probably because I'm hiding in the shade of this tree here. All right. Uh, so uh, those things are so, therefore, many of them believed. Also, vulnerable women believed which were Greeks, Gentile women believe, honorable women. Wow, isn't that great? And of men, not a few men, not a few. I mean, a lot of men, Greek men were be uh, believed. So it was really a good, good deal. But the soil, the ground in their spirit was ready. So when the word of God, a word of salvation dropped into their spirit, it took hold and grew right away. It immediately sprung up. Right, it was really good. Verse 13. But, now here, now, remember, now, this next section, we should be thinking about another Bible parable that Jesus talked about. If you know the Word of God and you're searching the Scriptures daily, watch this. Let's give you kind of a test now. It says, if I read this, and you should know the parable I'm referring to. You know, this is a good little test right here for you. Okay, so now we just saw that the Word of God fell in good ground, it sprang up, uh, people got all excited, they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was wonderful. Now what happens? Number 13, but when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the Word of God, the Word of God is like a seed that falls into the ground, right? The Word of God that gets planted like a seed was preached at, at, with a Paul in Berea, at Berea, 
they, they came hither also and stirred up the people, stirred up the people. Now what parable am I referring back to? You got it? Now I'm gonna suppose this. Now I can't see anybody, you know, cause you know, the camera lens is really small and I'm not in front of anybody, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna pretend that maybe there's 20 people in front of me and uh, I'm gonna say nobody knows the Bible parable, the parable I'm referring to. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that. Now if there's one or two, man, you are rare. You are rare, because most people don't read the Bible today. Most don't, because their pastor doesn't teach it. That's a generalized statement, blanket statement, okay? Across the entire body of Christ that goes around the world, okay? Now what parable is that? That's the parable of the sower. The Word of God is like a seed. The Word of God that was preached is like a seed. It gets planted in the soil of our soul and some springs up, the earth gets bad, this gets bad. But then what happens right away? The fowls of the air, devils come to steal that seed. That's what happened here. The Jews that were harassing everybody and stirring the city up came with devils to destroy destroy them, to destroy them. See, that's the parable, the parable of Sora, right there. So now you've got two big chunks of scripture all put in together. All of a sudden, now a lot of things are making sense, right? Okay, the word of God was preached of Paul of Berea. They came, they came thither, they came out of that other town and chased them over to the next town. How about that? They went from Thessalonica all the way to Berea and attacked them over there. Do you think that people by themselves did it? No, they could care less as a person. It was a devil. Devils occupy the flesh. Devils, fallen angels, fallen angels that are evil, 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 evil. And their job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we know that they're operating by devils because of what it says here. We see the fruit of the devil. We know the tree by its fruit. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can look at the fruit and tell what kind of tree it is. And we know by the fruit how to treat the tree, how to work with the tree, how to deal with the tree. So I thank you, Lord, that this word is going forth and it falls on all kinds of grounds. You, there, you listed four different kinds of uh, ground that it, the seed, the Word of God, can fall in. And um, I pray, Lord, that this seed fell in good ground on this sermon, but I have no control over that. Uh, uh, I can pray, which I did already, and I'm praying now that uh, it did fall on good ground, and I pray the blood of Jesus Christ over that ground that uh, somehow or another is able to, if it fell in bad ground, uh, the Holy Spirit can somehow, I don't know how he can do it, maybe uh, move it over to good ground. <laughs> so it gets, grows up and becomes a, uh, produces a harvest of a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. And uh, we give you all the glory, Father, for what you're doing here now in the sermon. In your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. Do all things, word and deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, so that's it. I'm going to go put my earplugs in and uh, 
lift my banner over there. I'm hoping to be here till four o'clock. I'm an 11 to four shift, so I don't know what time it is. I got here at 11 o'clock, maybe a couple minutes before 11, so I started on time to see if I can end on time and uh, go from there, right? God bless you, man. I love you very much. You take care. Bye-bye.